1: Lots of craziness around Twitter verifications. And then, what should Christians think about legalized marijuana? You're listening to The Common Good. Happy Monday, friends. Welcome to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. So glad to be with you on this Monday, uh, Aubrey, we don't need to dive into it too much. You're playing kind of hurt today. I'm, yeah. I'm going to carry you today. How Thank are we doing?
2: Oh, Brian, we'll actually talk about it later on, on in the show. I am, uh, yeah i have a I have an autoimmune disease, which I think I've talked about on the show a yep, couple times, yep, yep. but not regularly. And I'm normally doing great, but I experienced what's called a flare up. And uh, I'm in quite a bit of pain, but I'm here. I'm showing up for you, common good listeners. But Brian is going to carry me today. It'll be a big Brian-themed show. Metaphorically
1: today. speaking. Metaphorically, Metaphorically. speaking. <laughs> well, we we will actually talk about it a little bit later. Like, how do you process that? What do you do with that? So, uh, it was quite the cold weekend. Aubrey and I were excited to. We were the MCs of the outreach. Uh, ministries 5k Saturday morning when we agreed to do this I think we both thought it would be a beautiful 70 degree April morning (laughs) it snowed and sleeted on us we were in winter hats and people were (laughs) like,
2: okay so like actually it was a lot of fun it was fun you got the air horn but I got the air horn, which gave me a lot of power. You can go on my Instagram at OBSAMP and see how much fun I had with that. But it Brian, you're not kidding. It was like we got winter tundra. It was so wild and definitely would have been more enjoyable with the sunshine and the no warmth. No doubt. But we're, we make some pretty good MCs, and it was fun to cheer that organization on it was your big 50th yeah
1: it was like you said it was it was fun i'm sure if it were warm people would have stuck around more it felt like people ran and then ran to their car and like, i i went from there to my kids baseball game and it continued this st- it was unbelievable two saturdays ago at baseball i got sunburned and this past saturday i was in winter hats and snow and so multiple crazy. layers just crazy just nuts so i'm sure everybody dealt with that a little bit over the weekend uh, hope that everybody uh, did well. All right, you're not on Twitter anymore, are you?
2: So I haven't like officially left, meaning I haven't pulled my account off, but I am not active on Twitter for sure. I try to I, go back every once in a while, and then I just am kind of like, meh, I don't like it anymore.
1: So <laughs> Why, I know what's a lot happening? of. Well, I know a lot of our people. This might seem because I know a lot of our people probably aren't Twitter people, but I. So I wasn't going to talk about this, but I felt like. I do like Twitter, right, for news mm-hmm. and baseball, but I'm about to get off. Like, like I just sports, can't, right? Yeah. yeah. I just can't handle any of it anymore. Twitter, Facebook, any of it. Yeah. But here's what happened over the weekend, and I, the reason I want to talk about it is because I do think it's a window into our culture.
2: Oh, let's hear.
1: Christian culture as well. Oh, uh, no. The big hubbub, Elon Musk is basically bought Twitter and kind of ruining Twitter. Yeah. And the whole hubbub this weekend was about blue verification check marks. Uh, basically, if you're a big deal, you can get get verified. verified. And it's kind of like this status symbol.
2: Yeah, yeah. The weird thing about it, too, can I interrupt one thing? Yes. So I have a friend who was, not anymore, but he was the... um, The CFO of Redbox and then became the CEO of Redbox. And he barely had – I mean he's not even on Twitter. He barely had any followers, but they verified him because of that position. So that's That's how I kind of learned like it almost doesn't even matter the followers. It's like if you're, yeah, a big deal in the world, you get verified. Okay, go ahead.
1: And so the whole thing was you have to pay for it now, whatever. So all these people are like, I'm not going to do it. And then they all went away. And then Elon Musk, it's just been so messy. He started just like he made some arbitrary decisions. We're going to let that person stay verified and this person. And it became like this whole like status symbol where people Mm. were talking about the fact that they're no longer verified. Mm. People were complaining about what's this mean for me? And somebody like myself, who's just on Twitter for fun, was watching this going like. This kind of feels like the people who sat first class on the Titanic as it was sinking. Like They were like, <laughs> look at me, look at me. And it was everything wrong with our social media world. And I was really disappointed by the number of Christian leaders who were like, oh, oh not verified anymore. I'm not paying for this or, oh, oh what's going to happen now? And it was like this rush for everybody to talk about. I'm not verified, but I was, mm-hmm. I'm not anymore. Of course I wouldn't pay for this. And just my entire Twitter feed last Gross. over the weekend was about blue. And I was trying to think about what's the think piece. What's the article about what this says about our celebrity culture in general, where they're like, how dare you take away my blue check Mark? Or I would never, and it was just, you get what I'm saying? It was so weird.
2: 100. I don't know if you remember this, Brian, and I'm not going to say it like, this, we had Christine Kane on the show a year ago, year and a half ago. Mm-hmm, Brian, mm-hmm. if you remember, she speaks in like sound bites. Like she has a lot, of, like a true preacher, she's got a lot of those catchphrases. Yeah, yeah. And while she was on our show, she said something like, More Christians are concerned with blue checks than they are with like the red blood of Jesus. Like it was something <laughs> like that. And at the time I didn't know, cause I didn't really think I understood what the, she was talking about with blue check marks. And so then I realized like, Oh, she's talking about Christians that are more concerned being verified on social media than they are with like their identity in Christ. And that's what I think that's the article for the Christian. Like we could have a yeah. separate conversation about non-Christians and where they put their identity, et cetera, status symbols, et cetera. But for the Christian to one be sort of virtue signaling like that's I what it was to have a, I used to have a blue check mark but now I'm not going to pay for it just feels like you're literally doing this cuz you want us to know that you're a big deal. Yep. And that's icky. Like yep. that is not Christ like. That's not having your identity in the right thing like don't e- who cares? Don't even say anything. That's it. Just like, this is not news. This is not information anybody needs to know, especially if you're a Christian. But what is it? Like, it, that blue check mark gives you a sense of power. I'm a big authority. deal. I've made it. I have yes. influence. I'm successful. God loves me if you're going to go real far. Yep. Other people should love me. Like It was weird. And- It's weird. And I feel like it kind of goes back to like that, the old evangelical industrial complex, like, what are we all doing? And I, you know, I'm very aware I'm like, sort of a cog in that a very small cog in that wheel because of writing and speaking and stuff. But like, what are we doing? What are we? I don't know. Have we just totally lost our way as followers of Jesus? Like, isn't the call to serve the widow and the Orphan, you know yeah. what I mean. To be and the I,
1: least of these, like I'm not
2: saying Christians can't be successful, but what it feels like, what you're saying is the identity has been placed in it, it and that's it. that's what's malinformed.
1: It was it. It was it. So such a weird, weird. It was everything wrong with social media, and yeah, like you said, Christian gross. celebrity celebrities in general. Uh, we'll talk about this more later in the week, but I do want to also highlight. Another piece of news, Aubrey, the Bud Light uh, executive who did the Dylan Mulvaney oh, kind I of collaboration this. got fired, Got
2: fired. I saw uh, that this morning, I
1: think th- over the backlash and how much money it reminds you that money drives all of this.
2: Yeah, but right. Dylan
1: Mulvaney's gone kind of quiet. People might be like, who is that again? That is the uh, transgender um,
2: TikTok influencer.
1: Thank you. That's the word yeah. I was looking for. Yeah, that very Bud Light,
2: famous. Very that, famous
1: that Bud Light used, that uh, somebody else, Nike, uh, yeah, and Nike. a huge pushback. I, I Let's save this for later in the week, but I do think there's a conversation to be had here about what is – there's the push, and then there's the pushback. Yeah. And where do we think this is landing, this whole transgender, um, all of it? Like it feels like we've now – kind of the battle lines have been set – and anytime you talk about battle lines, I think we have to ask, what do Christians do yeah. in that scenario? Okay, yeah. uh, so we'll do that later in the week. But I did just want to point out that that Bud Light, the executive who did it, gone, fired. Can and I, I believe- say one
2: thing? I know yep. I don't want to take us on a tangent because we're running out of time here. But like I also with that decision, with not not with the firing, but with the decision to have Dylan Mulvaney as the spokesperson for Bud Light. It's a little like you guys all know Bud Light is not the like, quote, progressive woke brand. Like the (laughs) audience for Bud Light and Budweiser is so obvious to me that that the choice alone just felt like a bad business decision. But we'll talk about it later on in the week.
1: Super odd. Super odd. So, uh, well, we're glad that you're with us today on a Monday. Coming up next, Aubrey, something fascinating uh, in a Facebook post from a well-known Christian uh, pastor and author, I believe, our, exec- our producer, Laura, uh, showed this to us about something that he did that more Christians need to do. Hmm. All right. You ready to talk about that? We're going to do that yeah. next year on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. Uh, May is coming. Hopefully the snow will be done for now, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it right. is coming. Aubrey, we are less than two weeks from something. What's that? A major event. Uh, my birthday. Oh, I than know, weeks. I know. My birthday is in Your less birthday. than 2 weeks. Are we
2: are we saying birthdays over the air? I feel like that's like a security breach, but I'll just say it has something to do with Star Wars.
1: A security breach. You celebrated yours for like a That's month.
2: I suppose I did. I just, don't, I just don't want you to celebrate yours. I don't want yours to overshadow all mine. All of a sudden, so mine in is the like. Name the, of, in the name all, of security, we
1: can't. All of a sudden, we have to treat this. my birthday like an FBI secret. Yeah, You're
2: just not going to talk about your birthday, Brian, for your own safety, for your family's
1: yours, We were getting people to call in, we were doing all this stuff. But all of a sudden, mine comes and it's like, uh oh, gotta be quiet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man you figured uh, out my secret plan no but it yours is coming up and you got to wear star wars uh themed yes. clothes on brian's birthday
1: have i told you we'll talk about this when my birthday actually comes but my birthday i have one other full-time staff member at my church uh scott murray he is my other pastor uh-huh. and uh not the same year but we actually share a birthday
2: no way are you serious? That
1: so mm-hmm. we always yeah, try to weird. either go golf in or like we'll go out to lunch oh, on our fun. birthdays and oh, do i something, love that so how cool uh, but yes, uh our birthdays are coming. All right. Couple I think it was a couple months ago, we had on John Bevere. And uh this guy's a really well known dude in the especially Aubrey in the in the charismatic Pentecostal world. Absolutely. John and Lisa Bevere. Yeah. Uh Like you said, big church, but also they
2: also have a ministry called Messenger International, like and they're all over the world serving people. Yeah. Big, influential Christians
1: book after book. Like you said, I believe on TBN, all of that kind of stuff. So they've got the credentials. We just finished earlier talking about Christian celebrities. They've got the credentials, right? Absolutely. So he did something interesting on Facebook within the last week or two that i want to talk about he posted a clip well let me just read his follow-up okay okay and then i'll tell you why it stands out our producer laura finch pointed us in this direction and i'm grateful for that so let me just read this he said last week uh first of all it's just a black screen that says thank you okay <laughs> on his facebook Last week, I posted a clip that got a lot of attention where I made some claims about a repeating pattern in the Hebrew Torah. Hmm. Many of you commented on this clip, having looked into the matter for yourselves and voiced your concerns that what I posted was not entirely accurate. He goes on to say, I'm not a Hebrew scholar, so I went to my friend, Rabbi Brian. First of all, I'd like to meet that guy, Rabbi Brian.
2: That's like your best friend. That's your soulmate.
1: He's a messianic rabbi, and he confirmed that though there are some cool patterns in the original Hebrew Torah, I significantly overstated the extent to which these patterns exist. Because Mm -hmm. I never want to spread inaccurate information, Mm -hmm. I've since taken this post down from my page. I want to sincerely thank those of you who so diligently looked into what I said in the video and weighed in on this conversation. We're all better for it. And then he says, Mm -hmm. "Note." For those of you who want to dive into the Torah pattern I referenced in the original video, Rabbi Brian has been so kind as to document and write out the whole thing in detail.
0: Wow. Which you can
1: find it, and then he links it. You can find it all down here. And he says, thanks so much, Rabbi Brian. Uh, When our producer sent this to us, it was with the title, Why is this so rare? We need (laughs) more of this. People have their thoughts, especially in the charismatic world of the Bevere's and all of this stuff. But here's my point, Aubrey. His Facebook page is liked by over well over a million people. Unbelievable. That's influence. Yeah, it is. And here's what we don't see often with people who are influential is this. Hey, my bad. I got that (laughs) wrong. wrong. I'm I'm going to not hide this somewhere in a comment or something, but I'm going to proclaim for everybody. I got this wrong. Don't watch it go listen to that guy. My bad. Like, I'm sorry for that. This idea of, um, especially with people who have quote unquote influence, that it is some sign of weakness, but also not just influential people, those of us who pastor, those of us who lead small groups and teach Sunday school classes, whatever else, the ability to say, I got that wrong. Uh, I apologize, but I don't want to spread misinformation. Go listen to this expert on this one, Rabbi Brian.
0: Love (laughs) Rabbi Brian. Go listen to this
1: one. Well, I don't know. Felt like a breath of fresh air, didn't it?
2: Oh, 100%. For a number of reasons. I think, one, it says no matter how influential you are, none of us are perfect experts in I mean, of course, not in original context in Hebrew language and Hebrew culture, but also just in the Bible in general. And I think anyone who is teaching the word at any level, like James warns teachers of this, like has to be really, really humble and held to a pretty high standard. And so unless you're Jesus you're probably going to make mistakes teaching Mm -hmm. and preaching. You've done it. I've done it. That's right. And so to normalize it as, you know what? I am a very limited human. I thought I saw something. You guys corrected me. Thank you so much. Like, I think in one sense, it shouldn't be admirable. It should be like, oh, yeah, cool. This happened. Normal. Like, it should be normal because it speaks of integrity. It speaks of humility. I also actually really appreciate the way that he – in one sense endorsed Rabbi Brian because that guy probably now has uh, followers he wouldn't have had before. So he's lifting somebody else up. Um, I don't know. Like, I just felt like this was very refreshing and often does not happen. What you get is people who apologize for saying something that everyone got mad at. But what you don't see is this kind of just full out apology, correction, course correction, thank you, kind of attitude that John Bevere gave us. It uh, To me, I mean, I already respected him, but to me, it made my level of respect for him go up.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it got me thinking, why don't we see this more, yeah. right? Like, yeah. uh, why don't we get up in front of our churches? Great question. And, and I think the answer is, let's say that I said something in a sermon this week, and people were like, I'm not sure, and I went back and did some— Uh. I did some re- more research like, yeah, you know what? That was said poorly or I, I misled mm. people. That wasn't on purpose or whatever. Yeah. You then have a, two choices. Get up the next Sunday or send an email during the week or something. Hey, guys, I got that wrong. Yeah. Here's this. But I think for some reason we think we lose credibility when we I do that. I so think
2: too. It's like a little bit of maybe a pride thing or people won't trust us. Or... But here's no, the I'll, deal. I'll, oh, go ahead.
1: I think it adds to our credibility. Yeah, I agree. I think if people know you're you know you're not infallible right. but that you'll own when you're not I think it adds to our credibility. Now if every week I'm getting up and being like, "Hey, last week I really got that one wrong. Yeah, like, you got be some things to figure out." But I don't you, I don't know. It feels like a humble spirit that says, "Hey, I got that wrong or I make mistakes is that's somebody that I want to I want to read and follow. I, I That's what it is. I, I think that's somebody I want to be around.
2: You know what's kind of interesting to me? Like, it feels like there's a cultural pressure, like you were talking about, for the preacher or the pastor to be infallible or to be an expert. Like, sometimes I think this is an unfair box that pastors are put in, like— You need to know everything about the Bible and be a good communicator and know how to counsel people and know how to manage a church budget and know how to be an HR expert and know how to like, there's a lot of pressure on pastors to be a lot more than just one thing. And that is what it is. I mean, I I don't, there's a whole conversation about how to change that. But again, to go, you know what, I'm limited. I messed up here. Yeah. Normalize that. Like you said, I agree with you. It does speak of integrity. And again, like you said, there's a point where you can't do it too much, or people are gonna be like, well, then you shouldn't be reading right. the Bible, right? Like, but um, I also think it's a lesson in not making assumptions, like have yeah. other people read your work, preach in community, like test your material out. Um, but yeah, I appreciate I really appreciated the the apology and the Absolutely. like hey, let me clarify this actually.
0: No
1: doubt. No doubt. So more humility. That's what we want to see in our leaders. That's kind of the message of the show today. More humility. Uh, coming up next, Aubrey, Christianity Today dove into the issue. So are we, Christians and marijuana. It is much more legal these days. Uh, what are we to think? What are we to practice? We are going to do that next year on The Common Good AM 1160. Hope for your life. Any of you who went to the Carrie Job concert on Saturday, we hope that you had an awesome time. I was bummed that I couldn't attend, yeah, and I, I heard know it you was were not amazing. able to go. Yeah, it's gotta be great. I know at the at the race you and I went to, I heard of some people like, oh, I have ten people coming with me, or this. That's
2: awesome.
1: Uh, so we do uh, for outreach. We hope that it went really well. Aubrey, last week was April the twentieth, uh, four twenty, and a lot of things <laughs> are attributed to that time of year. We talked about uh Waco and the Oklahoma City bombing yeah. all of them come at the same time but uh April 20th is also what is it it's Hitler's birthday right and that becomes oh, a I very did not weird not
2: that Brian wow it be- thank you yeah for
1: I know that. the kind of darkness here it's a weird jumping off point it is all that to say it is the day of marijuana also April the 20th 420 yes and
2: 420. so 420 pres-
1: Christianity Today jumped on this issue and did an interview with somebody who has written a book about Christians and marijuana. And uh, I told you, I'm not really sure what I think about this, which hopefully makes for good radio and doesn't instead get us fired from either of my jobs. (laughs) But here's the real stumbling block question. Like, I think when you and I were younger, marijuana was treated like... Crack.
2: It was. <laughs> like, it was treated like cocaine. Like it in was the in church the same world, category like is Yeah. You do
1: not. Yeah. Now, it is in many ways. It went from like medically legal to just legal in general. Yeah. Um. You know, we've got cannabis shops popping up in our towns out here in the suburbs. All of that kind of stuff. And so I think the church and pastors are needing to wrestle with. Okay. What do we teach our people and what do we think about it uh, in general? And so uh, is this something you've had to face at all with questions from peers or is this something that we think is coming more for us?
2: So I feel like we haven't had to face it, but we will have to, like, Mm -hmm. especially as it gets more normal and I I I think it's interesting because I yeah, like the only category I feel like I kind of had for marijuana was like you were talking about high school people were just potheads smoking out at parties, you know what I mean? Yep. Like it wasn't like this day and age I think people are using it I mean certainly recreationally. That obviously exists, but yep. also for yep. like medical issues and um I uh I the I know we're going to talk about this article at Christianity Today. They say you can't explicitly link it to alcohol use, but I think if you're going to categorize it as a pastor, it is more in that category now of alcohol versus crack cocaine or whatever. You know what I mean? So if you're going to have the conversation about it as a pastor, to me it comes along the same lines of, overuse abuse what does your family think is it impacting your day-to-day life is it are you having a glass of wine uh, mm-hmm. half a gummy versus getting stoned and you're out of it like the Bible's clear about not getting drunk so I would say probably you can make that connection to not getting high or stoned to the point where you're not making sense uh, but if you have cancer and your chemo treatments are making you vomit all the time and you're in a lot of pain, I think pastorally it would be okay to say, why don't you take some gummies to ease your pain and your nausea? You know? So it's a, it's definitely, it feels like a gray issue, not a black and white issue to me, I guess is what I'm getting at. And I'll be honest, Brian, like, for the first time in my life, I have been. In, I told you earlier, I'm having a flare-up of my autoimmune disease. I've been in so much pain, I'm like, should I go to a dispensary <laughs> and get we did, <laughs> we
1: did not plan these two things. We did not plan these to coincide with each other. If
2: it makes you feel better, I have not done that. But it has crossed my mind. I'm not going to lie.
1: I told you that I thought we should do a show later in the week with you having done them and see what happens. <laughs> the
2: There's a couple different things from show. this.
1: There's a couple different things from this article, which is, uh, which is just an interview with, with an author. Uh, the, um, the book uh, is called – it's kind of about cannabis and the Christian. What the Bible says about marijuana is – the author's name is Todd Miles. And he basically says this, right? It used to be when you and I were younger, what was the reasoning that churches in general gave against marijuana use? It's, a, it's illegal.
2: Yeah. It's right. Right. That's an obvious.
1: It, it's against the law. You don't do it. Yeah. Stopped it. Like, what was the difference between alcohol and marijuana? It's illegal. Yeah. And so therefore, it is to be it was an it was a black and white issue. It yep. was a no it was a non-starter. Yep. having pulled some of that legality away. Right. Then the question because what what is the answer? Now, in this article, he talks about the difference between like. Traditional marijuana versus like the gummies you're talking about, the CBD oil, which he he calls essentially essential oils, uh, which I found (laughs) that to be funny Uh, because you might think this book is just like, hey, yeah, it's all good. He's not there. He's like he kind of makes a differentiation between recreational marijuana And the the kind of some of the stuff that can do to your brain and some of the stuff that that does versus, like you said, somebody with a with a chronic disease, a chronic illness. Right. uh, And and more taking gummies or whatever else it might be. I think as pastors, what I would want to say is um, or just as a Christian, what I would want to say is. Not everything lawful is wise, Mm. right? Not everything. What does the Bible say about permissible versus wise, right? Right. So I don't think we can just go, hey, it's legal. Let's all
2: partake, right?
1: Right. We've had those conversations. Let's be really broad about it until last summer that you could say abortion's legal. Therefore, no, we're not going to just hang everything on legality. Yeah. Yeah, Well, now it's legal. Therefore... Uh, not everything that's permissible is wise. Yeah. And so I would start there. Uh, and so I would, I would caution people just to go, well, it's legal. So I'm in, I would say, what are the effects Mm. on, on your, on your mind? What are long-term effects? This is two of us here. Well, I shouldn't speak for you. I will tell you that the next Time that I have marijuana will be the first time in my life. I'm not speaking of the effect. Here's how it had affected me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do think. But but I also think people need to realize on the other side of the spectrum that it's not a black and white issue. It, there are yeah. doctors who are prescribing cannabis. Right. Right. I think that, also
2: like this may be obvious, but we haven't said it. So let's say it. Like we're talking adults only, like 21 agreed. and over. So kids, no. Under 21, no. Like, that's a no-brainer. Okay, go ahead, Brian. I just felt like I needed to say that.
1: No, absolutely. He just said – he closes by saying the dominant cultural message is that marijuana is not just something that's okay but something to be celebrated. That's the environment Christians live in, and pastors need to understand this messaging so that they can get ahead of it and coach their congregations up. I don't think the right message from the front of the pulpit or whatever is just this – to treat it like we just said, like cocaine or yeah, something else, yeah. the cultural message is a hundred percent different. But at the same time, I think we need to be preaching messages about um, the same way we do, quite frankly, about alcohol. Permissible doesn't equal wisdom. Yeah, no, that's uh, good. Is opening this door wise in your life? What's the yeah. effect it's going to have on you? Do the research, and ha- maybe talk to some doctors who are like, "Hey, here's the difference between like." Recreational smoking marijuana versus these gummies or these pills, oils or whatever, oils or whatever else that are supposed to help people like you who are just in pain every day at the moment. Like, I don't think we as churches should be getting up going, nope, even if it helps alleviate some. You know what? I think we should talk to experts and go down that road. So, but I think his point about needing to get ahead of it is a pretty wise one.
2: It's it's interesting. And again, the church always feels like we're like five years behind or 10 years behind no, the conversations no. the world's happening. So this is an easy one. Like, this is not even that scary to step into. As a pastor, you could begin having some of these conversations. Hey, we'll be back again tomorrow from 4 to 6 p.m. For Brian from? I'm Aubrey Sampson. And you've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life.